Father God, thank you so much for this new day, Lord Jesus, thank you. That this is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad, Father God. I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you're going to do in us and through us during this day and during this week, Father God, that is ahead of us, Father. So we thank you. We welcome you in this way, Lord Jesus. We give glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
power. We thank you for your presence. There's no one else like you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, we offer up thanksgiving. We give you all the praise. You come by yourself. Don't need nobody else. Lord, we just adore you tonight. Lord, we just adore you tonight. Lord, we lift you high tonight. You're worthy of our praise. Lord, we bow down before you tonight.
And I pray, O oh God, that we would be a free people, Father. Free, O oh God, to, to do your will. God, that we would fully grasp the understanding of what it means to be engrafted into your kingdom, to be adopted in as your children, to be caught out of darkness and brought into your marvelous light, to be redeemed, to be purchased. You shed your blood for us that we would live for eternity with you. God, there's nothing on this temporal earth that could compare to this hope in Christ. So may we truly be people who have surrendered our lives, God. A living sacrifice. Life being transformed as our minds are being renewed. Help us, God, this year not to take back control or to go back to our old ways. But God, help us, Lord, to focus and fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you've begun this work in us, and Father, you are faithful to complete it. Father, for truly there is no one like you. You are God and God alone. So help us, God, to understand, Father, your truth. You've given us, if we are your children and we have accepted you, your Holy Spirit, so we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our comforter, that you are our teacher. So make clear your words to us today that we would not just be hearers of your word, but God, that we would be doers. That you would awaken us with a sense of urgency and the timing of this generation which you've placed us in. That we would be effective harvesters, effective laborers in your fields, God, declaring the good news of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, the Son of God, the great I Am, the one who is returning, the one who has conquered sin and death. Praise you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. And as I want to encourage us and this year, we have to grow, we have to mature. It's something I've been encouraging us. But really, I really want us to get grounded in this. I want us to grow up. I want our character to, to be built up. That we stop being a people that keep going back. 
to the old ways, to the old people, to the old mindset, that truly we would become the people of God that He has purposed us to be. And truly, to not just be a people that just talk, but a people that move in power. And I don't find it to be coincidence that Friday night's message and our study time, how it ended with praying for our faith to be increased so that we can move in power. And as we read section 8 or chapter 8 in our book this upcoming week, like I really hope that we take time to, to pray through it, to read it, to, to gain understanding, to ask the Lord for wisdom. Because it's so important. We are living in times of great deception, you all. I mean, great deception. And it's only going to get worse. I, I don't know how to to convey it. I don't know how to shake us to our cores to gain an understanding. But I'm asking the Holy Spirit to, to do that for us because He's the only one that can. He's the only one that can give us understanding of the days in which we live in and the days that are to come. And if you think I'm wrong or if you think I'm crazy, then look at what's happening in our world. And in the church, people are believing a false gospel. And it's not just in this day, but it's been going on for a very long time. I mean, if you read the New Testament, you're, the churches are constantly being warned about these false prophets that are, that are coming in, that these false Teachers that are coming in, distorting the truth. And people are being led astray. They're led astray. They, they get caught up in it. Instead of remaining and abiding in Jesus. Instead of holding on to truth. Listen, y'all, I want you to think about your last week. Like, did you hold on to truth when times came oppressing up against your life, against your mind, against your heart? Did you allow the Holy Spirit to, to bring forth truth in your life for you to say no? Like, I don't have to go back. I don't have to keep thinking this way. I don't have to keep yielding myself to this. No, I can choose... This day, whom I'm serving, either God, man, or myself. Like our hope is only found in Christ. You will not find hope in man, and you certainly are not going to find hope in self. God is the only one that can bring us through to a place of wholeness. And, and you know, I talk about that all the time, but I hope that we're starting to at least gain some understanding in that. Like wholeness, you all. Like nothing missing, nothing broken. You don't have to live like a broken person. You don't have to be bound and enslaved to temporal desires or temporal insecurities. And you don't have to be bound and enslaved to religious works or to a form of religion 
that denies the power of God because your life is not transforming. See, as a Christian, your life should be transforming. And I've been encouraged this week that God just keeps bringing, you know, understanding and, you know, truth and conviction as well as, you know, that He keeps allowing me to see kind of the same theme over and over this week. That the culture should not dictate the church. It is Christ who empowers her. It's kind of been the theme of my week. And I've seen it. Rather, it's items that I'm reading, things that I'm listening to. And it's the same theme over and over and over. And so that's kind of what I want to focus on today. And at some point, we will get back to walking through the Bible. But I really feel a sense of of urgency to really get this before us. Like we're not to be swayed by the culture. Because we're the church. And as we've read, that's why one of the things that confirmed this was Friday night in our study from chapter 7 is that back in the days, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were running the show and the people just went along with it. It wasn't until Jesus showed up on the scene that he started turning over tables, that he started calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were the children of the devil. The devil was running the church. I mean, think about that. The devil was running the church. These men who should have known God, and we say it all the time, or at least I say it all the time, is that it should be new. But these men thought that they knew God, but yet they didn't know God. And they were running the church, and people were just going along with it. And it wasn't until Jesus showed up. You're making a mockery of my father's house. Like, he made a whip. (laughs) He was turning over tables. The only time that you see Jesus really get direct with people is with the religious people. He called them out. He exposed them for who they were and what they were doing. But to the broken, to the lost, to the weary, to the sinner, (laughs) he reached out and touched them. He spoke words of life to them. And then they either followed him or they chose to go back their old ways. I mean, that's the only choice you have. Either you're following Jesus, you're living for Jesus, or you're living for yourself. You're just going your way. But why would you choose to continue to go your own way when you yourself have had an encounter with the living God? No one else can take that encounter away from you. When God reveals himself to you, and out of your own mouth you can testify that this is what God has done. God help us when we turn around and we go back 
to man or, or to this or to that. To feel whole or to get whatever back here we feel we need. <laughs> like, no, we got to press on. Because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are dying to your old ways. You are crucifying yourself to His cross. You're saying, not my will any longer, but your will be done. You say, well, this week I chose to do my will. Then I would say to you, well, then repent. Get up and go back. Get up and go back, but this time mean it. Mean it. Like, God, I'm sorry. I, I see how wicked that was. I don't want to be a child of darkness when I am a child of light because I belong to you. Get up. It doesn't matter what people say. <laughs> Get up and be restored to true love. To the fullness of love and light. And be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be healed and walk in it. And trust God. Because in and of yourself, you can't live this life. Deception. The culture is running amok in the church. We're being influenced by the culture. And we've got to stop being influenced by the culture because the culture does not love Jesus. Y'all hear that? You, you need to understand this. The culture does not love Jesus. Oh, they may talk about him. They may pretend. But they don't love Jesus, you all. They don't. And I don't care how, how they say they love Jesus, how they sit in church, how much they read their Bible, or this or that. It's all talk. If there's no power in their lives of transformation, of a renewed mind, of a repentive heart, it's all talk. And as we're learning, that's not the kingdom of God. It's not all talk. Just because you sit in church does not make you a Christian. Just because you read your Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Just, be, just because you can pray doesn't make you a Christian. Remember, the devil was running the church. <clears throat> and Jesus was exposing him, just as he is today. The devil is trying to crush And distort God's truth. But he can't. No matter how much he tries. Since the beginning of time. He can't. Because light always exposes the darkness. Always. And so we've got to start standing up you all. We've got to start being the people of God. We've got to start allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life. Not living lives that grieve him. Not believing lies that, oh, I can keep living this way and God's okay with me. You're not God. He is. He sets the standards. He's not stiff-arming us. No, he loves us. His arms are, have been stretched out for us. 
It's us stiff-arming God. God says, I am holy, so be holy. Think about that. God says, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. Not just some things. Oh, God's okay for you to do this, but oh, no, 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 no. It's all of him or none of him. And that's how Jesus taught it. It's all or nothing. Like you have to be conformed into his image. When we live in a generation where everyone is being conformed to whoever and whatever they want to be, that is a lie from hell. Truth is that each of us were born in a sinful nature. And total rebellion against God. It's not cute or funny that people are distorted with such sinful craziness in their heads. Not when God himself has revealed himself and then the church just goes along with the craziness that's out there. No, the church has to raise the standard. Not by hating people, not by doing crazy things, but by humbling ourselves and living our lives out as an expression of his love, of his grace, and of his mercy. Because we were just as crazy as those who are still crazy out there in the world. (laughs) The difference is, is God has restored us. And so the craziness of our heart and our mind has been crucified with Christ and now the Bible says that we have a sound mind. The mind of Christ. Are you thinking how he thinks? Are you acting how he acts? Are you going and doing as he went and did? Because that's how you should be living. Well, I don't know these things. Well, then learn of him. You have not because you've asked not. Like, have we truly sought God this week in the decisions that we were making? I truly hope we have. But if you haven't, don't beat yourself up. Don't play the weird, oh, poor me game. Just recognize you have the enemy, you have the world, and you have the flesh that wants to destroy you. But you must come back and declare, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I will get up from the mess I've made. I will repent and I will trust in the one who has called me out of it. doesn't matter how far you go. Just don't remain there, you all. If you've done wrong, get up, turn Repent and move forward. We've got to be people of peace. People walking in truth. Holding up truth. If people don't want to believe it, that's their choice. That's their right. Love them enough to let them live how they want. Just don't follow them or be swayed by them. You keep standing for truth. Even if you're standing alone. 
Because the message of Christ, Jesus himself, is not a popular message, nor is he a popular person. I mean, he was fully man and fully God. And yet they hated him. The world hates him. Religious people hate him. I mean, for goodness sakes, look what they did to him. And look what they keep trying to do to him. After he has ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, governments try to snatch his word from the people. People are being persecuted, mocked, because they're his followers. make any sense? I was talking to Gilda and I think I've shared this multiple times here. But it always fascinates me that you can truly see that this is a truth. That this isn't just a good book or a weird spiritual book. No, this is truth. Because everything that this has declared is happening. And your eyes will be open when you truly grasp the fact that why on earth would a man of peace, a man of love and his followers who should be followers of peace, followers of love, be hated so much, be persecuted so much, and killed. Do you understand the spiritual battle, the the element that you cannot see, the realm that you cannot see that is at play? devouring, trying to devour truth. But the more that they keep trying to devour truth, truth just keeps expanding. Light just keeps expanding. So which side are you on? I mean, ask yourself, does it make any sense that governments, that a message of hope and peace and love and standards in which mankind should live by is torn apart, mocked at, ripped out of people's hands. So many people have used it to deceive people. And the very one, fully man, fully God, came, came down to save us. Freedom, you all. And the culture and hell and even the flesh doesn't want it. Do you want it today? You have to ask yourself, truly, are you a Christian? Are you truly desiring the things of God? Trusting in God? Being a witness out there, you all. No matter your circumstances, no matter what you're facing, no matter what. Like, because this world is not your home. Like, this world is not your home. So you're not taking up residence here. Like, you're just passing through, and that's how you should be living as a Christian. Living as a person of peace. 
But just know you're going to be hated. You're not going to be welcomed among the world. If the world is welcoming you, something's wrong with you. Because you remember that scripture that says that, that, that your interest in the world is already put aside and the world's interest in you is done away with. Because the world can't keep parading things in front of you because you already have all that you need in Christ. Like, see, Are you satisfied in Christ? Is he enough? And so that's how you're building your life now. That's how you're choosing to live your life now. Christ is enough, and Christ will meet my needs according to his riches and glory. Like, he will provide for me. He is my hope. He is my deliverer. He is my great physician. He is my all in all because he is the great I am. And so I can depend upon him to get me to where he has me going. Like, he's directing my path. Like, I want to be on the path that He has set for me. I want to do the good works that He has prepared for me to do since the beginning. <laughs> like, are you in agreement with Him for your life, for His purpose, for His glory? You know, it's funny. People are always quick to say stuff about the church or others in the church. And yet they have the same problem that they're trying to expose. Yeah. And the Lord said to my, my ear the other night, be careful because that's the devil. Quick to point out everything else but doing the very thing that they're trying to point out. Careful. The devil is not to run the church. The devil is to be exposed. Careful how quick people are to talk about what others are doing, and yet they do the very same thing themselves. The devil. Because he's the accuser of the brethren. And he does the very same thing that he's accusing other people of. Careful! we got to be as innocent as doves and wise as serpents. we got to grow. we got to allow our character to mature. we got to be able to stand in a generation that is bent and wicked. Like we're to stand in righteousness and holiness. I mean, when you see all the craziness that's happening in this world and how people are being led astray by deception. I mean, I was watching these women march yesterday and they are the most deceived people I've ever seen in my life. And the sad thing is, is that some of them, if not the majority of them, would say they're Christians. And Christ has nothing to do with that march. Because it does not honor him. Careful what we say is of God. And you know good and well God is not in it. <clears throat> God will not be marching around with a vagina hat. 
I mean, these crazy women. This is craziness. This is ludicrous. Proud that they're having abortions. Screaming at the Christians who are on the sidelines. Holding up truth to them. And if you haven't seen the video, go look for it. I mean, they're like vicious animals attacking these Christians. And I'm like, wow. Standing on political platforms that totally go against freedom that our nation was built on. Like, we're living in crazy days, you all. Crazy times. Everyone has their opinion. Everyone wants their rights. But I'm telling you, the church better wake up. The church better wake up. And be who she's supposed to be. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Cannot overcome the church. We are empowered with God, Holy Spirit, to do His will, to live peacefully, peacefully on this earth while we're here. To announce truth, to be good stewards, hard workers, good students. That's what gets me. True Christians, true people of God, like they have strong character, they're hard workers, they're good stewards, and they live at peace. And yet, the governments hate them. And yet, people want to destroy them. Because hell wants to devour it. But it can't. It can't. It may take away our temporal stuff, it may even kill our temporal bodies, but they cannot take our inheritance. He cannot take and they cannot take our inheritance that is found in Christ. And that's why we're not swayed by them. Or we ought not to be. You know, I challenged us in the beginning of this year to pray this prayer. And if you haven't printed it out, if you haven't copied it and pasted it into your notes section, I'm not sure what you're waiting for because I want to encourage you to allow this to be a prayer that you're praying. Lord, help us to pray fervently, to avoid sin victoriously, to learn God's way deeply, to give to God cheerfully, to worship God faithfully, to glorify God consistently, to love God wholeheartedly and to trust God immediately. And I don't care where you're at in your walk with Christ. This is a prayer that you ought to be praying. Not only for yourself, but for others. For others. That we would walk in the fullness of what God has called us to. And then to hold up these five traits in our lives, of how we should be living, devoted to the Word of God, committed to prayer, expect everyone to share the gospel, expect miracles, and embrace suffering for the glory of Christ. How did you do in these five characteristics this week? Right? Were you devoted to the Word of God? 
Were you committed to prayer? Did you share the gospel with someone this week? Did you expect miracles this week? And did you embrace suffering for his glory this week? Because you ought to be preparing yourself for each of these five steps to grow in, to allow God to use you. Because again, your life, if you're calling yourself a Christian, your life is not your own. So again, you can't let the culture dictate your relationship with Christ. You've got to follow him. You've got to trust him. It's all or nothing. It's not one foot in, one foot out. It's not, well, I'm here today, but I'm gone tomorrow, or I'm gone for a few weeks, or I'm gone for a month, and then I'll just pop back in. No, it's a way of life. It's who you are. It's who you're becoming. And you don't make excuses. And you don't make excuses for others. No, you just, you just be real. You just be right. You just live as light. Like, it's not me, it's him. I can only tell you what he says. But if I don't know what he says, and if I'm not abiding him, then I don't have anything for you. A lot of us do not share because we do not know. <laughs> and you ought to know. You ought to know, no matter where you're at, a newborn Christian, a month-old Christian, a, a, a year-old or a 20-year-old or a 40-year-old Christian, you ought to know truth to abide in him to remain in him because again you're living in a world that denies him that denies him this young man who was in the pulse shooting shot multiple times dead bodies laying on top of him comes to Christ accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior walks away from the homosexual lifestyle, from his sin and his rebellion towards God, and accepts God as Lord and Savior. And now is beginning to live for him, testifying of what God has done in his life. And people are so mean. And we ought to expect them to be mean. Because that's how the world is. If you're truly a Christian, the world is not going to embrace you. I mean, these people are slandering him, attacking him. And I was reading the other night, this one guy kept just viciously going on. And yet he, this guy who was viciously going on, um, viciously going on with his comments, he says, I sit in church, I read my Bible, I pray to Jesus. And God is okay with me being gay. You're a fraud. And goes on and on and on and on. And I said, well, the devil's running his church. Because somehow, someway, he thinks he's okay. In his sin, he thinks he's okay. This guy who's attacking this other guy, declaring truth. I said, Lord, help us. There's work to be done, you all. There's work to be done. People are believing lies. You've got people who are filled with such gossiping, backbiting, murderous, you know, 
adulterous people who are doing their thing, saying they're Christians, saying they're doing whatever, sitting in churches, believing that they're saved. And this is the generation in which you're called, if you're truly a Christian, to live in, to proclaim truth. To the lost. To the religious. Say, no, that's not truth. This is truth. And no matter how many people responded to this guy with truth, he was laying it right back on, just viciously. I said, Lord, this is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. Can you stand today, you all? If I said, we're going to end right now, all of us are going down to the streets, and all of us, and I'm, and I'm expecting all of you to preach truth, would you go? Would you be able to hold a conversation, <coughs> not cave in or cower down? Not be mean, not be vicious, but to express and to share truth? And you say, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would say, well, then how did you do this week by yourself? Did you express truth? Oh, maybe you can express truth and stand when a group of people are with you. <laughs> but do you have confidence in Christ to do it when you're walking through your work, walking through your hallway at school, having one-on-one -on -one time with family members and friends and, 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 and people that you just may know, acquaintances? Rather, they say they know Jesus or they don't? Like, do you have the confidence and, and the hope in Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to share with them? No matter how they respond to you. Rather, again, we're with a group of people or if you're just one-on-one -on -one and you're just walking through a store and the Holy Spirit quickens you to talk to this person, to share with this person truth. You've got to start being able to do it. But like I've shared with you all, if you're not sharing it with yourself, you're not going to be able to share it with others. And I'm going to be challenging you all this year, share it with yourself. Daily. The gospel. That I once was a sinner. That's if you're a Christian now. This is how you should be talking. I once was a sinner. I was in complete rebellion towards God and his kingdom. I purposely chose to go my way to do me. But God so loved the world, so loved me, so loved you that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, a sacrifice so that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Like Jesus came, gave his life, died for my sins, paid the payment that I may be restored to God. Like Romans 5.1 says, now that, I, now that I am at peace with God through Jesus Christ my Lord. And in accepting him, I walk afresh and anew. 
I'm not the old man. I'm not the old woman. I'm not confused within my identity because I know who he is. And listen, y'all, it's not about taking Jesus and adding him to your life like a lot of people are doing. No, it's dying to your old life and living his life, his way, his truth. It's not just taking on a form of religion and saying, look, I'm religious now. No, no, that's not what it's about. It's saying I have died and now I live in Christ. I consider everything else of this world and who I was and what I have as trash. (laughs) It's of no value. It's of no worth. Because all I have now is all that I need. See, are you talking this way to yourself daily? Are you preparing yourself daily to remind yourself who you are and whom you belong to? And this is good news. This isn't a message. This isn't something you try to muster up because, oh, I just got to. No, you know if you've been redeemed and saved because it just flows. Because it's truth. It's truth. There's hope in Jesus, you all. It's good news. And that's why we are character, our countenance, everything about us should be expressing it. That others see it. Not that you're perfect. It's not about being perfect. But it is about being whole. Being a vessel of truth and light that even when you fail, you get up and you say, God, I'm sorry. Or if you hurt others, like, I'm sorry. That is not who I am to be. That is not what I should be doing. I'm sorry. And truly mean it. And then get up and learn how you should be living. Like today, I'm going to go through some scripture that, oh my goodness, we've already gone through, you know. But these scriptures kept coming back to me, and I just want to ask that you would be real this week. That you would go and you would sit down with these scriptures. That you would open them up, and you would say, God, speak to me. Because the scriptures that we're going to read They're all Jesus' words. Now, the whole Bible is the counsel of God. It's the living word. And you should be reading it. You should be gaining understanding and knowledge of it. Because it's how you're to live now. It's who you say you belong to. Stop saying you belong to him if you're not living his way. His truth. His life. So this is the whole counsel of God. This is the living word that changes you, that transforms you. But today we're going to park ourselves in the book of John. So go to John chapter 12 is where we're starting. And I want us to hear the words of God. I want you to hear what Jesus said right before he was arrested and before he was crucified. And I want to challenge you, go this week, sit down, 
open up your Bible, pull it up on your app, do whatever, get these words in front of you, and hear from Jesus. John chapter 12, verse 37 through 50 is where we're starting. Bible says in verse 37, but despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe, for as Isaiah also said, the Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they cannot I'm sorry, so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. You see, Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. Many people did not, I'm sorry, many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for the fear that the Pharisees would expect, expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than, they pray, than the praise of God. Just as it was then. Just as it was way before. So it is today and so it will continue to remain. There will always be people who, who are not believers. They're not going to believe. And the sad thing is, it's people who've been among with Jesus. It's been people sitting in churches. They've seen God move. They have experienced God, and yet they still do not believe. And look what Jesus said to the crowd of people. Verse 44, if you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Underline that, highlight that. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me, for I have come to save the world, not to judge it. But just don't take that verse and, and treat it how you want it to mean, because you have to tie on verse 48. Remember, Jesus himself says, I come into the world, like I'm here, not to judge it, but to save it. But he's coming again. And in his second coming, he's coming to judge. <laughs> he's coming with wrath. He's coming. He's coming. And he will deal with those who do not believe. But at the time that he came to this earth, he came not to judge it, but to save it. Because the lost and the world already stands condemned. So listen to verse 48. Jesus' words, but all who reject me 
and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. He came to do the will of the Father, and that's how we should be living. Especially if we're Christians now. We're living to do the will of the Father. To trust in the one who has called us out of darkness and into light. To trust in the one who gives eternal life. Who loved us enough to step down and to come be among us. To be crucified. To take on our punishment so that we could live. This is the God in whom we are saying that we are believing in and trusting in. And this is how we're to live our life. And did you see verse 48? But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. Like everyone is given the opportunity Everyone is given the opportunity to hear and to know that God has made provision through Jesus that they may be saved. That's why missionaries go throughout the earth to declare the glory and the wonders of God and the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. That's why nature itself testifies that there is a God. Like God is revealing himself. And people are going to be held accountable for the truth in which they know and have heard and received. Listen, you all. We've got to wake up. There's work to be done. We just can't keep just going about our lives, living these weird lives, these weird, false, deceptive lies that we have a weird reality that we live out of. Claiming to be right and yet not right. Claiming to be in relationship with God and yet not living so far from Him. Claiming that Jesus is Lord and not even bowing down to him. <laughs> That's weird to me. Like we talked about it in length on Friday night, considering the cost. Like you just don't, you know, pray a little prayer and poof, you're a Christian. No, you consider the cost. And when you make the decision to follow Christ, it's all or nothing. It's not just, okay, I'll give you half of me. No, it's all of you. My God, I've considered the cost and I recognize, God, that in choosing you and believing in you and confessing with my mouth and believing in my heart, like it's going to cost me everything. Everything. So, Lord, here am I. I'm yours. I'm yours.
Go to chapter 14. Jesus is the way to the Father, and Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. There's, there's no way around these words. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can you, we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had already known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe, look at this, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And some people use that verse and treat it in a way that it's not meant, what Jesus was saying. You're asking of him is you're asking in accordance to his will and his purpose, not for your pleasure. Not for your pleasure. It's according to his will and his purpose is how you should be praying. If you love me, he goes on, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads, who leads into all truth. Look at this. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. The world is not going to embrace truth or wisdom because they're not looking for it. So don't be shocked. Don't be shocked by how they act or how they respond or what they post to you or how they press up against you. The world is not going to receive the Holy Spirit. They're not looking for Him. <laughs> it goes on. But isn't it, but I'm sorry, let me just read it back. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, look at this, you also will live. 
When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Listen to that. Careful who you're following who say they're Christians. Careful who you are allowing into your fellowship who say that they're, they're Christians and they don't obey God. They don't love God. Don't go along with them calling them Christians. They're more than happy to come. <laughs> and hopes of repentance. But if they keep calling themselves Christians, we got to put them out. Because they're running amok. They're making the Jesus and, and all that he is look foolish. I mean, look what the word is saying here. It's very clear. It goes on, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. When I, what I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is Jesus' words. He said it to them and he says it to us today. He knew what these disciples were going to face and to endure. He knew what we were going to face and endure. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. And he says, peace of mind and heart. Peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world is approaching. He has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Jesus knew the time was coming, that he was to be crucified. He knows good and well right now who the ruler of this world is. <laughs> because God gave it. God allowed, allows the enemy, allows Satan to rule this world. But I love what Jesus says here. He has no power over me. In fact, what he's about to do, I'm willingly laying it down for him to do. I mean, come on, you all. We don't have to be afraid of darkness. We're not to be afraid to speak up and to hold on to truth. The world is going to reject it. But stand for it, you all. Stop giving in. 
This is the most craziest thing, you all. In my life and in our lives, when we're, we do these wishy-washy things. Like, where's the church? Like, we're to believe. We're to believe. And yet people are showing up in churches today and will walk right out and not believe. Go right back to their old ways, to their weird insecurities, to their odd little posts, to their weird lives. Troubled, confused. And yet they sat in church. Come on. Is that what Jesus came to do? Is that who he is? Because that's what we're showing the world. And so when they see us like that, they go, what Jesus is there? I don't want your Jesus. Like, come on. Like, we're to be a people who are at peace, who are not troubled or afraid, but people who can endure. And not in our own strength, you all. And that's why if there's areas in your heart and your lives <coughs> that you know good and well need to be given to Jesus, then give it to him. He knows our weaknesses. He knows what's going on in our lives. So just give it to him. God, help me. God, I don't want to continue to go this way. God, I need to depend upon you and not myself. And please, you all, stop seeking for man or for women to validate you. Like, stop seeking the approval of others. Because when you go that way, you're going the wrong way. Like, people, we live, apart from Christ, we live our lives trying to find value in what others think or feel about us. Tell me what you think of me. Tell me this. Tell me that. Touch me. Hold me. I'll give myself away to you. I just want to feel loved and validated like I'm somebody that I belong. And we're trying to find that out there? They will run you ragged and treat you like crap. Love you one moment and tear you down the next. And this is what you're putting your hope in? In men and women who don't know Jesus? Living against God, doing your own thing, doing your own will. And then somehow being deceived that you're trusting in God. Listen, don't let the devil run the church. Don't let him run your mind. You don't get your theology, your truth of God by from the devil. Because he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. Here's your truth. Open up your word. What is Jesus saying? Chapter 15. Jesus' words. Jesus says that I'm the true vine. I was reading, I keep telling you about this journal of mine. I was reading this old journal. Like I told you, when I first started writing it, I was wanting to become a phoenix. 
I wanted to be this bird that rises up from the ashes. I wanted to live differently. I wanted to embrace the new age and the Buddhist ways and just life and, 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 and all this weirdness. And I would write and, and how all these rivers, no matter what river I float or bask in, leads me to the ultimate trueness of the one God. It's the most craziest things, the way we think. And the belief that we believe. Let's like, see, all of us have it within us to seek for a creator. That's why there's all these false religions. Like, understand that, you all. Don't be impressed by all these weird religions. Because they're of the devil. They're offering you something that they cannot give. It looks right, it tastes right, it sounds right, it feels right, but it's not right. Because it's catering to your flesh. It's catering to the very nature that is in rebellion to the very one in which you're saying you're seeking. So be careful. Be careful. I'm thinking about this blood moon or this moon um, that's supposed to take place tonight. And I've been praying for all of these people that are going to gather around with their drums and their, their spices and their incense and everything. And they're going to be celebrating this rising of the moon. And I go, oh God, have mercy on them. He had mercy on me and God have mercy on them and their ignorance. Like they would celebrate the true God. That's what gets me about Christians. We celebrate everything else when we're not Christians. We run a monk and run a foul, and then all of a sudden we become Christians and we can't even raise our hands or praise our God or even enter into a time of fellowship with Him. And yet we allow the other ones run amok and worship their craziness. Like, we got to be people of God, we got to worship Him. We gotta look forward to him. Do you know that these people have been looking forward to this moon? It's been on their lips, they've been talking about it, they're, they're, they're waiting with such great expectancy. Is the church waiting for their God that way? Come on. Breaks my heart. And yet there's thousands of people sitting in churches today all throughout our nation and our nation is in the mess that it's in. The devil's running the religious system. I don't even want to say the church anymore. The religious system in our nation <laughs> under the guise of Christianity. God, we got to wake up. There's only one way to God and it's through Jesus. And I've told you all before, don't believe me? Go look into these false religions. Every false religion that's out there has a little bit of truth from this word. They just pervert it. They just twist it. And that should open your eyes to the spiritual realm. Like, wait a minute. This is the word of God, the holy book of, of God that governments try to snatch out 
that even religious people try to keep so that the common people don't read it. <laughs> because if the common people read it, they'll realize, wait a minute, this is not how it's supposed to be done. Like it's being used and deceived and bits and pieces are pulled out so it gives the right to people to live. And so they all think that they're going towards God and in reality they are rejecting him. And it's not only when you are in Christ does this become your truth. The whole counsel, the whole word. Are you believing you all? Do you believe? Because your belief is what makes you. Do you believe? And then in your belief, how could you remain silent? How could you not be sharing this good news? How could you not be walking upright in a crooked and wicked, perverse generation declaring the good news of God? And then if you don't believe and you just keep showing up, you're going to stand before Him on the day of judgment And what are you going to say? Like, I didn't know. No, you knew. You just chose not to believe, he'll say. I don't know you. Like, I pray that we don't hear those words. I pray that we would hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You endured to the end. Now enter in. Not that we would hear, depart from me. I don't know you. You worker of sin. You person of rebellion. We gotta wake up. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Oh, I am the true grapevine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by my message I have given you. Look at this. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you will be my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are no longer called, or you are no longer I'm sorry, I no longer call you slaves, but because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are friends, my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. 
I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father would give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Remain in him. Abide in him. Learn of him. Follow his commandments. Do you love Jesus? Don't be quick to answer that. Just watch your actions. And if your actions reveal to you that you don't love him, then repent. Turn to him. Don't be deceived. Again, don't let the devil be what base your theology on. Don't let his perversion and twistedness of truth be what you're basing your knowledge on God on. No. Settle it once and for all that you belong to Jesus. It's your choice. God does not force you to love Him. He gives you the option. He chose you. You don't choose Him. And that's the most I don't know if that has ever hit you or if it has sunk in yet. Like God has chosen you. Especially if you're sitting here today. You're here today because you need to hear this. And God is saying, I have chosen you. And here's the crazy thing. You have that knowledge now. But if you don't live for him, if you don't love him, then you are stiff-arming him saying, well, you can choose me all you want, but I'm not loving you. That's what we want to do to a holy God. To a God of love. To a God of peace. To a God of hope. To a God of redemption. God help us not to be people like that. God chose us. God loves us. God desires us. That we will abide in him, remain in him, follow his commandments, and to do his will. (laughs) If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world will love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than his master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If you hadn't done such if I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So don't expect the world to embrace you. 
And if the world is embracing a gospel that has slapped Jesus' name on it, then it's not the gospel. So don't be impressed by everybody who stands up or sings a song or talks about Jesus. Do they have fruit in their lives? No fruit, no disciple. No fruit, no disciple. They don't love him. No matter how much they want to sing, talk, do, there's no love for him. The world will never, ever, ever accept Jesus. Because who is the ruler of this world? Satan. He's never going to bow his knee, you all. He was created, remember, as one of the most beautifulest creations to worship God. And then he said, I will ascend above God's throne. And God threw him down. You see, his final end is a place So he seeks to devour you so that you will go to the place that was prepared for him. So laugh all you want with the world. Go the ways of the world. Keep going back and yoking yourself to people and to things and to feelings and desires. Keep going. But just know this. It's your choice. It's your choice to stiff-arm God and to go the way of the enemy. God has done all he's going to do to reveal himself to this world. This world is ending because God's bringing it to an end. And either you be about your father's business or keep going the way of the enemy. But in the end... Remember, it was your choice. In the end, it was your choice. But I, if I follow Jesus, like, I'm not going to have any friends. I don't have this. I won't have that. Well, then you're still listening to the devil lie to you. <laughs> like, who are you surrendering to? Like, remember, consider the cost. It's going to cost you everything. You're going to be hated. You're going to be rejected. You're not going to be Miss Popular and Mr. Popular. <laughs> but that's not what you're searching for anymore. Because in Christ, you all, you are whole. You have all you need. You've been accepted by God Himself. He laid His life down for you. No greater love. So you have to ask yourself, y'all, do we truly believe? Do we truly believe? Because it should be transforming us. 
I'm I'm serious, y'all. Like I am at a place now in my walk. Like I have wasted far too many years, and I don't want to waste them anymore. Blah 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 blah. A lot of talk in my ear, and people living with no power, making excuses, and not trusting in God. I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Like, I don't want to keep doing it. I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. But for the amount of time that I have left, I just want to live for Jesus. I just want to live for Jesus. There's nothing I want of this world. There's nothing I need from this world. I just want to live for Jesus. And so Jesus, whatever that is, I want to do. I want to do your will. I want to walk with you. I want to abide in you. I want to trust you. I've made a mess of things, but God, you're greater than my mess. <laughs> so I think we all just need to come back to a place of renewal and trust in Jesus. And say, God, here we are. Here we are. Just a few people who show up. Do you know what he can do amongst a small group of people? He can change the world. He can change the world. He can change the world with just us. Praise be to God, it's just not us. There's a remnant of people throughout this earth that are lovers of Jesus. That do, they don't want religion. They don't want the, the, they don't want the double running their theology. <laughs> They're a group of people who truly love Jesus. And I want, to be, I want to be counted among them. I want us to be counted among his remnant. We're closing. Chapter 16. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues and a time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen you will remember my warning I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. He says, I'm leaving. But remember the, 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 the promise that he has already given us and given them. I have to go so that he will come, the Holy Spirit. He's going to empower you. He's going to remind you of my words and my teaching. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your guide. You are empowered with wisdom. And for that, you will be thrown out of the religious institutions that the devil's running. <laughs> and they're going to kill you thinking that they're doing a service to God. But they do it because they don't know me. They don't know me. But I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. 
Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, here it comes, then the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Look at the role of the Holy Spirit, not only for the believer, but for the world. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Don't think the world is going to clap and holler for that. That's why it hates truth. It doesn't want to be held accountable. Have you ever been held accountable and in your hearts and hearts you want to keep going your way? You don't receive the accountability. You hate it. And you begin to hate the very person who's holding you accountable. Because in and of ourselves we are a rebellious group of people. Because we're sinners. But in Christ that is not your nature any longer. You're of a new nature. Of holiness, of righteousness. You long to see light win over darkness. <laughs> you embrace the things in which God has already declared. In a little while, you won't see me anymore. But in a little while after that, you will see me again. And some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me and I'm going to go to the Father and what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. And Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. And so he said, are you asking yourselves what I mean? I said in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after that you will see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she was brought a new, because she brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. All that time you won't need to ask. I'm sorry, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return 
to the Father. Then his disciples said, At least you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. And Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcame, overcome the world. You said, that's a lot. And I say, well, I hope you're getting it. These disciples had no clue what was ahead. But he was preparing them. He was preparing them. And as he prepared them, so he prepares us. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, Jesus says. I've overcome the world. The joy in which he speaks is the joy of his resurrection. Listen, if Jesus just went to the cross, there's no message. The hope in our faith is that he rose from the dead three days later. He defeated sin and death. He defeated the very nature that has been controlling you since you took your first breath on this earth <laughs> he's defeated the world and he's defeated Satan you should not be enslaved or shackled with any of them not if you're calling yourself a Christian because as a Christian you are in Christ that's your position and you should have joy in it joy that our God is risen indeed. And we just don't have to celebrate it at Easter. We celebrate it every day. That is our hope. That is where our confidence is placed. That is what we believe that He is the Son of God. That is what we confess out of our mouth and believe in our heart. And it transforms us to be more like Him. So that his power is displayed to a world that is darkened. To a religious system that is believing theology that the devil teaches. <laughs> and we have the power to shatter those strongholds. And how many times did you hear today from Jesus' words, Ask and receive. Ask and receive. Ask and receive. In my name you will receive. In my name you will receive. In my name you will receive. Are we asking? And again, it's not asking for ooh, what we desire and what we want. Give me a new house. Give me a new car. Give me this. Give me that. Give me this. Give me that. No, our asking is in accordance to the Father's will. Jesus tells us that we will do greater works than he has done. And we were challenged, and you ought to be challenged by the chapter you're going to read this week in our, in our, in our study. That there's work to be done, and we need to get out there. And we need to start living as Christians, acting as Christians, praying, believing, 
allowing our faith to increase. When's the last time you walked into your work and asked the Father to use you this day to share the gospel? When's the last time you walked upon your school property and you said, Jesus, I am your servant. Father, I ask for my friends, for my teachers, for, uh, for them to come to know you in Jesus' name. Like I'm going out, I'm going to be among the, the city, I'm going to be in, in and out of places. Father, use me that your glory would be revealed, that salvation will come to others. And even in your own personal need, it's not that you can't ask for what you need because you ought to keep asking. You ought to keep knocking. Ask. Pray for others. But the intention of your heart is not to satisfy your desires. Your intention in prayer is to satisfy Him for His glory. For his honor, y'all, that's how we should be living. So I'm going to close with the songs at the end that we heard. How great is our God? Do you know him, you all? Do you really know him? If you do, then celebrate. Honor him. Live a life obeying his commandments. That's how you truly know you love him. If you don't know him, then ask. Today, receive. Because he's choosing you. He has chosen you. So receive and believe. Confess. And now live it out. And maybe you, 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 you confessed a while back. Or, or maybe you said, yes, Lord. And then you've wandered off again. And you've yoked yourself to whoever's back here or whatever's over here or whatever desires are, are tempting you. Well, then break free from them this day. The Bible says to throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. So throw it off in this moment of worship and walk down those stairs afresh and anew. And don't you dare go back. Stop going back. There's nothing back there. Stop going back to the insecurities, to, to the people, to, to the filth, to, to the woundings and everything else. Start moving forward. Because our God is great and our God is good. And His love endures throughout the generations. And there's work to be done because there's so many people deceived and it's getting crazier. And yes, you're going to be mocked. And yes, you're going to be hated. But suffer for the glory of God. Don't give in. Don't fall away. Keep enduring. After this, I'll pray for us.
for your mercy. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. There's no one else like you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, we offer up thanksgiving. We give you all the praise. You come all by yourself. Don't need nobody else. Lord, we just adore you tonight. Lord, we just adore you tonight. Lord, we lift you high tonight. You're worthy of all praise. Lord, we bow down before you tonight. Lord, we lift our hands tonight. We give you the glory tonight. You're worthy of our praise. Lord, we worship you tonight. We give you all our hearts tonight. Have your way tonight. Have your way in me. Give you all. Thank you. 